Thank you for tuning in to SNC Adventures Talk It Out. My name is Paige, and I'm here today with Alicia. Hello. So, Alicia, where and when did you study abroad? Um, I studied abroad this past spring, so the spring of 2018, in mm -hmm. Quito, Ecuador, which is in South America. Okay. And what was your experience like in terms of like where you stayed, your classes? Right. Um, so, I was living in the middle of Quito, essentially. So I lived with the host family there, and we can talk more about them later if you'd like that. Um, but And um, we commuted about 20 minutes to the nearby suburb called Cumbaya, which is where my university was, the Universidad de San Francisco de Quito, and we had classes there. I had four classes. It was a 25-cent bus to get there, so that was essentially like the foundation of my study abroad experience, and then we traveled almost every weekend. Um, I had mainly international students as friends because the Ecuadorians had obviously traveled to most of the places that we were interested in traveling to. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't have made sense for them to just like tag along with us. But um, I had a fair share of really amazing people who were um, locals as well. So it was a good mix of both. Cool. And what was it like studying abroad in a country where you don't speak the host language? Um, that first night was scary. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I had lived abroad briefly before. So okay. I spent two months as an au pair in Spain. Oh, very cool. So during that time, I like warmed up to the Spanish language. They actually, mm -hmm. they speak Catalan in Barcelona where I was living. Okay. So I got a mix of two different languages. One I had no experience with. Spanish mm -hmm. I had been studying since like sixth grade, but you mm -hmm. know how that is. It's not yeah. really serious until college. So um, I guess coming into a five month period where I knew that I needed to be proficient with the language and like I hoped to be fluent by the end of my experience. And I think I got, I got pretty close to my goal. Mm -hmm. But it was it was it was scary at first yeah. because even though you could understand what was going on, there was so much context that was mm -hmm. fundamentally different. So mm -hmm. when the settings are different, um, even just directions like in Quito, it's a super you're at 9000 feet elevation. Mm -hmm. So there are so many hills like you're essentially in the middle of the Indian mountain range. So instead of saying like you go left or right, they say you go up or down mm. based on the hills. But how are you supposed <laughs> to know like, which hills are up and down when you don't know what the street is? Mm -hmm. So um, I think just right off the bat, it was scary because you're like, wow, like I have no idea what's going on. Like I could get lost. Like these people may be talking about me. They probably are because I look so different. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, it was amazing. It really like it focuses you. And I feel like before you know it, you're like thinking in Spanish mm. and like you're getting confused with how to spell English words. <laughs> That was a really big accomplishment for me because mm -hmm. I thought that being more confident in one language than another, even if it was only because you're only hearing Spanish, was something mm -hmm. that I really aspired to be become. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What do you think helped you the most with assimilating into the culture and being able to speak your Spanish more confidently? Um, I think what helped me the most was speaking with my host family. Okay. Because they were, I mean, I lived with a very, very strong-willed, like, 70-year-old woman, her mm -hmm. husband, and then her kid. So um, I essentially had two host moms. One was, like, a grandmother figure, and then mm -hmm. the other was more like a mom figure. So I lived with a big family. Mm. So I had grandparents, parents, um, a 17-year-old brother, and then two five-year-old twins as oh, siblings. So it was just such a good dynamic to practice my Spanish mm -hmm. with because they, they weren't afraid to call me out when I wasn't, like, using the right form, whereas, like, someone on the bus, if you're talking to them, like, they're not going to be like, oh, you're saying this wrong. Mm -hmm. So um, that really helped me. Um, the professors and language classes, mm. it was very, very, like, highly scrutinized. Like, you were expected to perform well, and that really helped me with the language as well. Mm -hmm.
the best five months of my life without a doubt. Yeah, no, I exactly, I understand <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. There's so much that you could talk about. And yes. It's like, yes. how do I narrow down <laughs> exactly. my thoughts and mm -hmm. make sense to everyone else who right. hasn't experienced exactly. what yeah. I've experienced? That's one of the hardest things coming back here. Yeah. What has it been like coming back to St. Norbert? Um, what's it's just the culture in general is so different. Mm -hmm. And I think that on one hand, it's caused a lot of resentment. But on the other, I've learned like appreciate it okay. um, because I guess I've always been the person who's like, I want to just keep like going up and like pushing through like just my limits before. So that was mm -hmm. always for me, like getting out of the state, getting out of the country, like exploring new things, new cultures, new foods, new attitudes, new like perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, so coming back here, um, I feel like it brought a full circle because like I'd finally gotten out, like I did what I wanted to. And I was like, well, like I should be more appreciative of my home mm, because mm -hmm. like I've always sought to like leave it and like do things that are like better than just, you know, like Southeastern Wisconsin. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been strange. Like you said, because the people who you like, who you want to share this experience with like my parents, my family, my friends, um, they just, it's so different for them mm -hmm. because me being abroad, like they just, they continue with their, like their normal lives and obviously like exciting yeah. things happened. Mm -hmm. But like for me, every single day was this like, huge adventure that I could have written like written like a novel about mm -hmm. so it's so it's so strange trying to like consolidate your thoughts and then everyone's like oh like we want to hear about it but there's not enough time mm -hmm. so it just feels like you get back and like everything just kind of shuts off and like you turn off that little <laughs> part of your life you're like I don't know how to deal with it deal with it yeah so like when I was abroad I journaled every single day wow I wrote a blog post every Wednesday so mm -hmm. I was like very mm -hmm. um disciplined with how I wanted to like remember what I was doing mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for it because now I can look back and think about it but the second I got home I tried journaling I couldn't do it like it took me like a month to even like pick up a pen and start to like reflect wow just because it was such like a stark divide between like living in the mountains and traveling every weekend for like I don't know it was a quarter got you anywhere in the city mm -hmm. so I had like this unlimited budget it felt like because I could eat anything for three dollars I could go anywhere for like not that much and mm -hmm. then I get back home and I'm like wow like it's so hard to travel it's so hard to like meet new people and do new things but then you have to like reposition that mindset and be like well if I'm actively like seeking out mm -hmm. ways that I can become involved in the global community locally mm -hmm. then I found a better mm. more closer place to my home in Ecuador I also still mm -hmm. like email my host mom and I Aww. keep in contact with the people I studied abroad with, which has been good. That's really And we're nice. actually, we're planning a reunion. Are so you already? We're headed, yes, we're headed to Mardi Gras, actually. Very cool. That's very awesome. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about the mindset that you were talking about? Because I think a lot of students, after they go abroad, they come back and they're like, this is all the same again, which is nice mm -hmm. for a little while, but then they kind of are like, Where's that adventure that I used to have? Mm -hmm. Like you said, you are trying to engage more in like a global sense within the community, even though you're still in Green Bay. Like, how do you right. do that? What do you think? How do you change that mindset, even though you're not traveling? Yeah, currently? that's a really good question. I think ultimately like it's going to be frustrating to some extent, mm -hmm. but um, finding ways to like change your normal. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a bio major. I obviously have a lot of science classes but I'm, I'm also committed to my Spanish major. So I think that having that and just like focusing and saying, this is a priority of mine, that's been good. So I'm constantly like deepening my understanding of a different culture, a different narrative. Um, and whether that's literature or culture or like history, I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, but additionally, finding like what you loved about the different country and either sharing that 
um, working for advocacy towards similar things, but in our context. Mm. So um, something that really stood out to me when I was abroad, we lived right above, essentially, our flat was mm-hmm. above, like looking over a public school. Mm. And in Ecuador, there are public and private schools. The private cost a lot. The public are free. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, I don't know, it's just the quality of instruction is clearly very different. So um, that just that really spoke to me. I volunteered for a bit with the public school there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think taking that back to the local community, because you see so many um, like vulnerable children and like high risk mm-hmm. populations here. Mm-hmm. And if that's an issue for you anywhere in the world, like you should still be advocating for those children. So um, mm-hmm. I'm in the residence, residential theme house community, whatever that's okay, called. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And we, we see a lot of high risk youth so that's been a good way for me to just like connect with an issue that I'm passionate about, which is education mm-hmm. um, in the community. But I think even more so finding a way to like bring the country back to you. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I've always really been passionate about the Latino community, specifically immigrants in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was abroad, I was constantly like seeking internships that would allow me to, I guess, intertwine medicine and mm-hmm. the Spanish language. And public health is kind of where that's led me, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited about. So um, last this past summer, I worked in Milwaukee at the Wisconsin's largest free clinic, mm. the Ura Walker Point Community Clinic, mm-hmm. and I did food insecurity research there. So I was mm. able to work alongside a bilingual staff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people were like, the concerns were global, and so were the population that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really good way to continue working with the Spanish language and also focusing on the Latina community and how I could best serve their needs mm-hmm. um, from a level that's I guess just trying to find my place Mm -hmm. within the broader community once again. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess a a piece of advice I would have for students who feel like their life is too dull back here, Mm -hmm. like find the things that you loved about that country. Mm -hmm. Obviously it can't be like getting on a plane and traveling every (laughs) weekend, European country or whatever, but like (laughs) if you loved a specific social issue or like community, finding a way to bring that back home and like maybe even considering like a slight change in your major or change in like your research focus Mm -hmm. um, to find a way to like continue igniting that passion even though you're home. So like don't see it as a limiting factor, see Mm -hmm. it as a way to like propel your understanding so that when you go back or when you go to a different place you can just be better essentially. That's really good advice I think and students (laughs) need to hear that like Think about what you were passionate about while you right, were abroad. Right, and like and what you why? loved about yourself yeah. when you were there. So like, I would just wake up and my view out my window was the Pichincha mountain range. Mm-hmm. So just like, I just uh. felt so connected to the earth and like mm-hmm. its people and just looking out, there's so many houses, you see millions of people waking up and like the lights turning on and you're like, wow, like mm-hmm. I am part of this like bigger thing and mm-hmm. I need to keep that focus. Even though when I wake up now, I just see like, <laughs> and leave and <laughs> It's different, but like yeah. the focus can still be the same. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And so you got you dipped your shoes a little bit into public health, and how did your study abroad experience kind of influence that, and how you view it? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think I've always been searching for a way to combine my love for science and language, mm-hmm. and public health has just been solidified more and more since my time abroad. Mm. So while I was there, um, I was initially accepted to a program that would allow me to look into biodiversity and malnutrition in the Andes. Mm. And I was so excited about that. That fell through. But um, Mm. I found some other ways to get involved. So one of the big ones for me was serving as a translator for Mm. the um, Timmy Medical Brigade organization. Okay. So we went into um, some indigenous communities outside of Dana, which is in like South 
eastern Ecuador, closer to like the southern rainforests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I served as a translator between sometimes. So there was, it got kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Most of the people there spoke Quechua. Mm-hmm. So there was a Quechua translator, a Spanish translator, and then you get to English that way. Mm. So um, I was part of that. That was a really, really amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, I guess, brought me, I just, I had to think a lot about that because it seemed really strange for me to see a bunch of foreigners just like swooping in mm-hmm. and just like lending a hand for a week and then like getting out. And mm-hmm. obviously the Timmy organization, like they work hard to prevent that, like, in and out so Mm -hmm. they have a constant support they have a few people who like work in that community constantly Mm -hmm. to make sure that anyone who was prescribed follow-up care receives that care you Mm -hmm. can get to your appointments like they'll help with transportation but Mm -hmm. it just it felt weird to me um and i really wanted to learn more about that so um, Mm -hmm. i actually got in contact with a doctor from from wisconsin Mm -hmm. i think he's from the madison area originally Mm -hmm. and he has set up this completely sustainable andean health Mm. Um, organization, which um, I called him about it. I talked to him about it just to see if I could help him in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, I guess, overlying theme was we don't really want outsider help. We want this to be completely sustainable mm-hmm. for the Ecuadorian population by the Ecuadorian population mm-hmm. because they have the capabilities. Obviously, mm-hmm. like it's it's different. Like obviously there are cultural differences, and yeah, like, socioeconomic differences, but that doesn't mean that they're not capable of providing for themselves medically. Mm -hmm. So um, that just really started like a conversation in my head. And I've recently, like you mentioned before, um, talked to Elena Morales in the study of Rod office about Mm -hmm. how we can look more into medical volunteerism Mm -hmm. and just how our identity as Americans, um, as white people, just projects in a different way. It does. Into a different population, like these indigenous people who, I guess, aren't really used to Western influence except for these brief Mm -hmm. interactions Mm -hmm. just how that how the story of like colonialism Mm -hmm. and like the socioeconomic inequalities and even just the difference between the mestizo population in ecuador Mm -hmm. and the primarily indigenous population and how that just creates different levels of power Mm -hmm. um, and dissonance because of that Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think studying abroad has given me so many more questions than answers mm-hmm. and that's frustrating to some extent but <laughs> it's exciting more than anything because I can see all of these ways that I just I'm passionate mm-hmm. and I want to continue working and continue learning mm-hmm. no I can really relate to you because while I was studying abroad I did a service learning course so I worked with a nonprofit organization called the Amy Foundation and they um, host after-school programs in the townships and I had a frustrating time because I didn't understand really what my purpose was. I felt like they were trying to help me somehow feel better about myself by coming in and lending a hand instead of looking mm-hmm. at the perspective of how can we best help these children. Right. Um, and so I can completely understand, like I've questioned volunteerism even more now that I've been back and trying to understand how can it, can it be done? Like, can volunteering abroad be done? How do we do it better? How do we make a positive impact on communities? And again, make it sustainable like that doctor um, had said, because yeah, a lot of the time, like, for example, I'd be, I worked in the same classroom um, twice a week and also worked in the office. um, And I would see like, people would come and tour our schools and like go from classroom to classroom. And as these like white tourists come in, 
the leaders and facilitators of the classroom are like, okay, we have to do this now to show them that we have fun and sing songs and stuff. And like they put on an image to fit the ideal that they thought the white people wanted to see of them. And that was like, so Mm -hmm. it was hard to be a part of and see. and, And I just felt bad because I felt like these students were seeing white people only in this context. Yeah, yeah, which is an issue. Yeah, and only just briefly. Like like you said, they pop in and out. Yeah, they take a picture of them and leave. Like, they don't actually get to know the people or understand their backgrounds. We had a bit of that in the Timmy Medical Brigade experience where Mm -hmm. the last night to show thanks, one of the communities put on, like, a traditional song and dance. Mm -hmm. Um, But it felt just really forced to me. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like, the people were being really genuine with their, like, appreciation for the students who took time out of their out of their school year Mm -hmm. to come and visit and to serve as a volunteer in this position Mm -hmm. um but you could tell that they did it for most of the tourist groups and how like the smiles were fake and how Mm. the dances I feel like it just it was it was amazing to see yeah proud about this traditional culture but at the same time it felt like it was kind of trivializing the importance of it because Mm -hmm. of the way that it has taken a turn for the tourists yeah yeah. Yeah, lots of questions. There, there are so many questions, but I think that's the cool part about study abroad is you go out, you see so many new things, experience so many new things, and now you can kind of ruminate with those questions mm-hmm. and try and figure out some of the answers. Not all of them, of course, because you, <laughs> you're never going to have all the answers, but you just keep asking yourself yeah. and continuing to learn new things and change your perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Is there any advice you want to give to students who are thinking of studying abroad? Um, go to South America. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess obviously like in general, like keeping a really open mind mm-hmm. um, and just being willing to be changed. So mm-hmm. like when I thought about South America, I was like, wow, I'm going to become so adventurous and so free spirited. But there are so many ways that you need to like still be careful and like mm-hmm. you can't be trusting of everyone. Mm-hmm. So I guess keeping an open mind to like the good and like the exciting, but also to the fact that it's not going to be picture perfect, Mm -hmm. um, that you'll be doing amazing things, but like they're going to be those hard days where you just like, you don't want to do anything and you don't want to travel. And like Mm -hmm. your friends, maybe you're not like getting along. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think I had an amazing experience. The people that I was with just have completely changed me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so much more confident and Mm -hmm. happy and more, just engaged with the route in life that I want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's largely because I went to South America, which mm-hmm. I, I don't want to like discriminate or obviously I'm biased. <laughs> the best place in the world. Uh-huh. Um, but just, I was reading through my old blog articles to like prepare for this, I guess. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I said was that like, when you're going to South America, there's just this specific type of person who wants to just be in the middle of the Andean mountain range mm-hmm. with these people that, I don't know, like I'd never studied Ecuador before. Most people didn't know where that country was and I told them I was going. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so just a different type of adventurous in the fact, not even that you're going to go skydiving every day, but like <laughs> the way that you just really want to be uncomfortable and you want to mm-hmm. be immersed in a way that not everyone is ready for. And I think that's fine too. Like you don't have to mm-hmm. be willing to put yourself completely out there. But mm-hmm. working toward that point, I think is a really good, really good idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your ideas. Thank you for having me. It was great to have this conversation. So much fun. Anytime. <laughs> I'll always, always be happy to talk about this. Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks.
What happens abroad stays abroad unless you talk it out. If you're interested in sharing your story, contact us at studyabroad at snc.edu.